This is I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. The following is a recent Sunday morning message given by Pastor Robert Brown. So, amen. Let's jump right into our scripture, amen. We're going to be coming out of Genesis 39 and 1. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Genesis 39 and 1. Here we're going to be today, we're going to be focusing on uh, Joseph. Okay, he is one of the 12 uh, sons of Jacob. Jacob's name was changed to Israel. All right. He is uh, the key patriarch. It was was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons. These 12 sons became the 12 tribes of Israel. All right. Joseph is one of those 12 sons. No, there is no tribe of Joseph. His, his, uh, His sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, took his place as one of the 12 tribes. But it's his ancestry. All right. Glory to God. So Genesis 39 and 1. Okay, here we go. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. Verse 2 of uh, chapter uh, 39. The Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptians. Hallelujah. Now, real quickly, amen. That word successful in the Hebrew is a word. And it means successful, prosperous or more specifically for Joseph's case, favored. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So he's just been sold into slavery by his brothers, which we'll get into later. Amen. And he's in the house of Potiphar, who is the captain of the guard. Amen. Hallelujah. Yet God says that he is a successful man or he's a favored man. Now, how can you be favored and you are a a slave? You are in servitude to another person. God calls him favored. And we're going to look more into that as we get into our message today. Amen. So our message today is life lessons from the story of Joseph. So we're going to learn some life lessons from the story of Joseph. Won't you help me pray as we kick off our service today? Amen. Hallelujah. Here we go. Father God, we come before in the matchless name of Jesus. We thank you for everyone gathered online today to be a part of this service, Lord God. We pray that you draw everyone to their computers, to their tablets, to their phones, to their internet connected devices, Lord God, that they might hear a word from you today, Lord God. Now, Father God, this task you've given me is far, far too great for me. You are the preacher. You are the teacher. Preach today. Teach today like never before. And we won't fail to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor, Lord God, as you feed your people today, Lord God, out of your word. We bless you and praise you. Bless all those that have joined us today, Lord God. Hallelujah. We speak healing. We speak life. We speak victory in their lives today. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. Life lessons from the story of Joseph. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But it brings me to a question. Who is Joseph? Who, who is Joseph specifically? All right. To, to answer that question, we're going to turn to Genesis 37 and 2. Amen. Genesis 37 and 2. We're getting life lessons from the story 
of Joseph. Now we're answering who is Joseph. Amen. So Genesis 32, 37 and 2. I'm reading from the New International Readers Version. It reads, here's the story of the family line of Jacob. We said that Jacob was Joseph's father. He was later changed his name. Uh, God changed his name to Israel. All right. So here's the story of the family line of Jacob. Joseph was a young man. He was 17 years old. Imagine that being 17 years old and sold into slavery. He was taking care of the flocks with some of his brethren, brothers. So they were shepherds in the, uh, in the land of Canaan at that time, which became Israel. They were the sons of. So his brothers were the sons of Bilhah, which was Rachel, his 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 birth mother's uh, concubine. All right. And the sons of Zilpah, the wives of his father, Jacob. Now, Zilpah was Leah's concubine. Now, concubine is a. She is a legal wife, but she's not the main wife. So things were different back then. I'm not telling you guys go out here and get more than one wife. Don't get in trouble. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We want to be the husband of one wife. Amen. The, bib the Bible is descriptive, but it's not, uh, it's not telling you to do this. All right. This is just what they did at the time. All right. So it's not telling us go out and get more than one wife. All right. So we stay out of trouble. Hallelujah. You're the husband of one wife. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right. So they were the sons of Bilhah. So his brothers were the son of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, the wives of his father, Jacob. Joseph brought their father a bad report about his brothers. So Joseph, being a shepherd and being the youngest son at that time, hallelujah, brought a bad report about his half brothers to his father. All right. Hallelujah. So this is kind of how he was. He was probably a little spoiled. Hallelujah. And and you know, wasn't in his best interest to do this. Hallelujah. But let's read about Joseph here at the bottom of, the, of our page here. It says Joseph in the Hebrew is Yosef. All right. And it means he increases or let him add or adding. Now, this is what his mother, Rachel, uh, proclaimed when she had him. So she was what she was really saying is let there be another son. Let him not be the only son. Hallelujah. So she was kind of prophesying or declaring during her delivery that she'd have another son. And hallelujah. And she and in doing so, she even named her son Joseph, meaning that let him add or adding. All right. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Just a quick aside. That next son uh, that Rachel would have is called Benjamin and his and he means son of my right hand. All right. Glory to God. Just a little aside. So we're dealing with who was Joseph. So at the time of this story, at the beginning of the story, he's 17 years old, looked a little spoiled. All right. He brought a bad report about his brothers to his father. And I would imagine that the brothers did not take too kindly to that. So that's who he is at the beginning of the story here. All right. Hallelujah. Let's look at something else here. Hallelujah. Joseph was his father's favorite son. Now, like I said before, the Bible is descriptive. It's not telling us that we should be the same way too here. All right. We shouldn't have favorites amongst our children. Even if you feel that way, you got to go to God and say, God, help me. I want to love all my children the same. We should not have favorites because it causes problems. Let me say something about this multiple wife thing, too. Um. These were not happy families. You can't have a happy family with multiple wives. It's just it's just not going to happen. 
multiple wives at the same time. It's, it's just not going to happen. Hallelujah. Lord God, in the same way, you can't have a happy family if you are playing favorites with your children. Hallelujah. As we will see here. Hallelujah. So Joseph was his father's favorite son. We're going to go to the next verse, verse 30, uh, uh, chapter 37, verse 3. I'm reading from the New International Reader's version one more time. Hallelujah. And it reads, Israel, this is Jacob, loved Joseph more than, his, than any of his other sons. That's because Joseph had been born to him when he was old. So he was a child of his old age. Israel made him a beautiful robe. All right. Now, part of this and the scripture is not saying it right here, but we learned from earlier, for those of us who read the story before, that um, Jacob or Israel was tricked into marrying Leah, who is Rachel's sister, but he really loved Rachel. Now, Joseph is Rachel's first birthed son. All right. So if we, through deductive reasoning, we can get an understanding that, Joseph, uh, that Jacob would love his son Joseph more than his other sons because he wasn't in love with Leah, who was the mother of his other sons. Uh, and thus, hallelujah, he gave him some favoritism. I'm not telling you that this is right. The Bible the Bible's just being descriptive right here. It's telling us what happened. Okay? Glory to God. So let's look at, so as we he read here, jo uh, Joseph was giving a beautiful robe. So this robe symbolism was a mark of honor and high rank. It was worn only by the chief and heir. So Joseph, by wearing this coat that Jacob gave him, uh, he was declared the heir. Now the heir at that time got two-thirds of all his father's inheritance. This would make me mad if I was Joseph's brother as well. All right. Not good to play favorites. This is this was this was uh, this is Middle Eastern custom at the time that the oldest son or the favorite son in this case would get the birthright. All right. Hallelujah. So he inherited the birthright or the inheritance. The garment was made of many colors, making it as priestly, making it a priestly and royal robe. So there's some symbolism here about the robe. So A, Joseph was 17. He was his father's favorite son at the time. His father gave him a robe. This robe had uh, multiple meanings, but chiefly it was that he would get all the inheritance. No wonder his brothers were mad at him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're, this, today we're dealing with life lessons from the story of Joseph, hang with me. I'm building up here to something. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's move on. Joseph's family discord. Now, there was discord or lack of unity in the family because he was the favored son. Hallelujah. We could all understand that. All right. Glory to God. We're going to go to Genesis 37 and 4 and look at this. All right. It reads, I'm reading the New International Reader's Version. Joseph's brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them. So they hated Joseph. They couldn't even speak one kind word to him. Folks, I'm like, once again, the Bible's being descriptive here. We should not have favorites in our family. I, I have three children of my own. I love them the same. I treat they all are treated a little bit differently because I have a different relationship with each of them because each of them have a different personality. 
but I love my children the same. This is how, as Christians, we should do it. But we see here an example of what not to do. Hallelujah. How, how many of you know that it's not good for brothers to hate brothers? All right. So Joseph, was, his brothers hated him. They wouldn't even speak a kind word about him. 17 years old. They couldn't speak a kind word about him. All right. Let's look at next. Our next topic here is Joseph was a dreamer. Joseph was a dreamer. Hallelujah. Let's look at uh, Genesis 37 and 5 and see how Joseph was a dreamer. So 37 and 5 says, Joseph had a dream. When he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. Wow. Well, his dream wasn't too flattering to them. His dream, and we're not going to get into it today, but it was that God was going to bless him and he was going to rule over his brothers and the rest of his family. So I, I could understand why they would not uh, like him. Or even, and the scripture says, hated him. My goodness. You know, I can relate to this a little bit. I, I, from the time I was like 20 years old, God spoke to me a lot of things that have just come into manifestation now in my life but I held on to a lot of uh, what God wanted to do with me because I didn't want people to feel a certain kind of way. And it's not saying that God said that I was better than anybody, but he just had a plan for my life just like he has a plan for your life. So there are times when God shows us something, it's not best always to share it with other people, especially people that you feel like you can't trust or are insecure in where they are right now. All right. So it might be a good idea to hold on to those dreams that God gave you to yourself. And unlike what Joseph did, he shared it with his brothers and they did not like him for it. All right. Now, this word dream in the Hebrew, which the uh, Old Testament portion of the Bible is written in Hebrew, means shalom, uh, shalom. And it's a dream with prophetic meaning. So God gave him a dream with a prophetic meaning. Now, we know pr prophetic has to do with pr uh, predictive, uh, uh, predictive aspects. So something that's going to happen in the future, all right? It is the lowest form of prophecy. Why is the lowest form of prophecy? Because Joseph was sleeping when he received it, all right? It wasn't like he was praying and communicating with God. It was God communicating to him while he was sleeping, all right? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's move on. Let's see how Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. Can you imagine being sold into slavery by your own family? Oh, my goodness. They must have really hated him. All right. Joseph sold into slavery by his family. We're going to jump to Genesis 37 and 19 to read all about this. All right. All right, we're going to read 19 and 20 to start off with. Here we go. Here comes that dreamer. So Joseph was sent by his father to see about his brothers. All right, and they saw him from afar off, and they say, here comes that dreamer. They said to one another, come, let's kill him. Let's throw him into one of these empty wells. Imagine your brothers or your family hating you so much they want to kill you. Joseph, hallelujah, must have... Uh, really got underneath their skin with uh, sharing his dreams, with having a favorite position with his father, with having the coat of many colors. They really, really, really hated him and wanted to kill him. All right. So let's kill him. Let's throw him in, into one of these empty wells. Let's say that a wild animal ate him up so they wouldn't even lie about his death. Then, then we will see whether his dreams will come true. My God. My God. 
Hallelujah. So this is the state of Jacob's family. Now, Jacob has to take responsibility for this as well, because as a father, he sets the atmosphere for his family. All right. All right. Let's skip down to verse 28 of the same chapter. All right. So this is after his brothers um, had taken him captive and they were looking to sell him. All right. So the traders from Midian came by. Joseph's brothers put up pulled him up out of the well so they had thrown him into a well instead of killing him they sold him to the Ishmaelite traders for eight ounces of silver then the traders took him to Egypt now during that time eight ounces of silver or 20 pieces of silver which were equivalent was the average worth of a male slave under 20 so Joseph being 17 was sold by his brothers to Ishmaelite traders and these Ishmaelite traders took Joseph to Egypt, which was the uh, biggest, brightest, most powerful nation of the world at that time. All right. Glory to God. And he was sold for uh, the equivalent of what it cost to pay for a, a, a male slave under 20, 20 pieces of silver. Let's keep that in mind. All right. Hallelujah. Let's jump to the next Hallelujah. We're going to look at next. Joseph finds favor in Potiphar's house. So Joseph was sold to a captain of the guard, as we read in Genesis 39 at 1 and 2, to a person named Potiphar. And he was the captain of the guards at, in Egypt. All right. All right. Let's read about it in uh, Genesis 39, verse 3 and 4. All right. So it says, Joseph's master saw that the Lord was with him. Now here... Joseph is a slave, but somehow his master was able to see, his master being Potiphar, that the Lord was with him. Now, how, how do you think that that came about? Was, was the master spiritual and he could see in the spirit? No, Joseph worked hard. We're dealing with life lessons from the story of Joseph. As Christians, when we go on our jobs, we're to work hard. We're to be an example to others of, of, of Christ and being a Christian. Jo and that's how people will see God's, uh, uh, that, that God is with us when we work hard. Real quick testimony. I remember working uh, in the kitchen at a, a local hospital here in New York many years ago. And the hospital decided that they wanted to take some men from the kitchen and place them on the patient floors as a hybrid nursing assistant, uh, housekeeping person. Now, in the kitchen were people who looked like me and had the same culture. On the floors were people who didn't look like me and had different cultures. All right? So I was a Christian at the time. I was in my 20s. I was in my late 20s. And I decided I'm going to go up there. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to represent God. When I got started working on the floors with the nurses and everything like that, there was some tension. There was some misunderstanding. But I decided that I was going to work hard. By, uh, as, as the years passed on, I worked on the floor for four years as a nursing assistant slash housekeeper. It's called the SCA for those of you who want to know. But in doing that, God turned the relationships around by me representing him well and working hard. God gets all the glory. I, didn't, I don't get the glory. I'm, I was glorifying him with my work. The nurses became like 
pseudo work mothers. The nurses, as my children were born, started buying them gifts and things of that nature. For Christmas, they would all get together and give me money. It wasn't a great a deal of money, but it was money nonetheless. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. What am I saying to you here? People will see the Lord on you, faith, the favor of God on you, when you do your job and you do it well. It's not for us to go someplace and just be lazy and say, I'm glorifying God. No, we have to work just as hard as anybody else, and they will, people will see God's favor upon us, all right? Let me get back to my scripture, Genesis 39 and 3. Joseph's master saw that the Lord was with him. He saw that the Lord made Joseph successful in everything he did. Saints, you can be successful in everything you do, hallelujah, as long as the Lord is with you. Hallelujah. Life lessons from the life of Joseph. Hallelujah the story of Joseph. Hallelujah. Let me move on. So Potiphar was pleased. Potiphar was the master here, the captain of the guard in Egypt, was pleased with Joseph and made him his attendant. He put Joseph in charge of his house. So Joseph got a promotion. He trusted Joseph to take care of everything he owned. This rich man, this influential man, Potiphar, trusted Joseph and made him in charge of everything he owned. Saints, we can be in a position, amen, where God promotes us, amen, hallelujah, but we got to allow God to use our, we got to make our bodies a living sacrifice where we go to work and we give a good effort, amen, hallelujah, God's favor will be with us, amen, hallelujah, glory to God, and the opportunity for promotion is there for us, hallelujah, I'm human like you, I feel like complaining sometimes, I feel like getting upset sometimes, but, but as we put that to the side, and we do all that we do, and unto the Lord, his favor is with us, hallelujah, glory to God, hallelujah, and promotion, amen, glory to God, hallelujah, there's an opportunity for promotion with us, amen, as, all, as long as we do it God's way. Can't complain. Yes, you can see things and not be happy about it. Yes, uh, people can be doing things wrong and you see it. And put that to the side. I understand that people that are unsaved, how, how can we expect unsaved people to act righteously? As Christians, we struggle with it. So how are you expecting an unsaved person who doesn't know God, who's not empowered by the Holy Spirit, to, to, to do the right thing. So it's with that understanding that I've taken on myself that I can't worry about other people. I have to do what's in front of me. And Joseph decided to do that as well. He was taken from his family at 17 years old. He was sold by his brothers. He was taken to a foreign nation and decided to do what was in front of him. My God. Hallelujah. Let's jump down to verse 5 and 6 here. From that time on, the Lord blessed Potiphar's family. So Potiphar's family was blessed because of Joseph. Saints, you could be, you, your, the, your place of work can be blessed because of you. Now we know it's the God in you and the anointing upon you, but your place of work can be blessed because of you. My God. Now, it's not for us to get a big head about that, but to give all the glory to God, all right? 
From that time on, the Lord blessed Potiphar's family and servants and the servants. The co-workers can be blessed too. Real, another quick testimony. Worked at the same place. Amen. God blessed me in 1995 to get a new car. My wife got one two weeks later. All right. Hallelujah. I'm at work. Amen. Every, it seemed like all my co-workers started getting new cars. Can't make this stuff up. This is my testimony. All of them started getting cars. God blessed them too. But as I was in his will and did what he led me to do, it spilled over. It was a blessing to others as well. All right? Listen, we live under grace and it's all grace. I don't deserve anything. But as you are flowing with the will of God, there are benefits not only to you, but to those around you as well. All right? I didn't earn a blessing. I, 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 didn't, I, don't, I don't deserve a blessing. God chose to bless me. Amen. I followed the pathway of blessing, and the blessing spilled over to my co-workers as well, in the same way as Joseph. All right? Life lessons from the story of Joseph. He blessed everything Potiphar had in his house and field. So everything Potiphar had was blessed because of Joseph. So Joseph took the good care of everything Potiphar owned. Hallelujah. Are you taking good care of things at work? And being responsible with him. With Joseph in charge, Potiphar didn't have to worry about anything except the food he ate. So Potiphar so trusted Joseph and Joseph did such a good job. Potiphar did not have to worry. Joseph was strong and handsome. Now, Joseph, let's understand. Um, there were some Middle Eastern legends that Joseph was so handsome that he reminded people of an angel on earth. And that's going to tie into what we're about to talk about next. Let me say this to us as modern day Christians. Saints, when the anointing is, upo is upon you, now you're beautiful anyway, but when the anointing is upon you, you will be attractive to other people. Now, because of this hap when this happens, lead people to Jesus. Don't bring them to yourself. Many preachers, many saints have fallen that way. All right. Joseph was a very handsome man. All right. Hallelujah. Let's see what he did. Hallelujah. Our next topic will be Joseph's trouble with Potiphar's wife. So somebody else was looking at Joseph while he was doing all these things in, in honor of the Lord. And it was Potiphar's wife. We're going to jump to Genesis, Genesis 39, 7 through 9 here. All right. Here we go. After a while, his master's wife noticed Joseph. Uh-oh. She said to him, come to bed with me. Like I said, when the anointing is on you, we're beautiful anyway because we're fearfully and wonderfully made, but when that anointing or the presence of God is upon you, you will be attractive to other people. Now, God gave us this anointing to point people to Jesus, but if we are in a weak state or we've not matured yet spiritually, we may fall to temptation. All right, let's look at what Joseph did here. He says, after a while, his master's wife noticed Joseph. She said to him, come to bed with me. But he refused. Uh -uh. My master has put me in charge. He told her, now he doesn't have to worry about anything in the house. He trusts me to take care of everything he owns. No one in, in this house is in a higher position than I, that I am. My master hasn't held anything back from me except for you. 
my God, you are his wife. So how could I do an evil thing like that? How can I sin against God? Notice his words here. He didn't talk about sinning against his master. He said, how can I sin against God? Saints, you know, it, I just got to say it. Sexual sin is big. Paul talks about it in chapter seven of, uh, of chapter six, excuse me, of first Corinthians with those that enter into sexual sin, sin against their own body. And here Joseph's talking about how can I do a sin like that against God? So we've we got to understand, especially as Christians, our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. All right. So, you know, thankfully, God is graceful and merciful. Amen. Hallelujah. Because, you know, in modern times, our modern mentality, our modern culture, amen, sex is casual. But to God, hallelujah, it's not casual, all right? And Joseph knew this, amen, hallelujah. Let me stop here real quick. Why is it casual? Here's, here's the big answer, all right? Hallelujah. There, when man and woman get together, there's a covenant established. A covenant is a binding agreement, amen? And it's a blood covenant. I don't want to get too graphic with it, but blood is shared between husband and wife during the marital act, all right? Hallelujah. And it's saying, I'm with you forever. I'm, I'm, uh, what's, mine is, what's, what's mine is yours, and what yours is mine. All right? Hallelujah. When we as a society, and Pastor Brown is guilty as well, engage in casual sex, we throw aside the covenant that we can establish with a husband or a wife. Thank God for Jesus. He shed his blood. Amen. Hallelujah. My marriage is covered by his blood. And as, as a Christian, your marriage is covered by his blood. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's his God's grace. Hallelujah. But this is why it's important. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm not trying to beat anybody up. I'm explaining how things are from God's point of view. All right. Let's jump to uh, verse 10. She spoke to Joseph day after day. So this woman was relentless. But he told her he wouldn't go to bed with her. He didn't even want to be with her. One day Joseph went, and this woman was probably beautiful. She was Potiphar's wife. Potiphar was a man of, uh, of renown. He was the captain of the guard of the uh, most powerful nation of the world at the time. So she, this was a beautiful woman. All right. Hallelujah. He didn't even want to be with her, though. All right. One day Joseph went into the house to take care of his duties. None of the family servants was inside, so nobody was around. There was no witnesses. Uh-oh. Potiphar's wife grabbed him by the coat. Come to bed with me, she said. But he left his coat in her hand and he ran out of the house. What lesson can we learn from this? Amen. Paul said, flee also youthful lust. Amen. Listen, fellas, ladies, amen. There are times when you are in situations that are tempting sexually. You got to run. You got to flee. You got to get out of that situation. Hallelujah. That's that's the deliverance that God had. God gave you ability to move, to run, to flee from a situation. And that's what Joseph did. Hallelujah. This was a beautiful woman. Potiphar would not be married to a woman who was unattractive. And although Pastor Brown doesn't believe there's unattractive people in the world because we're all creation of God. But the point being here is that this was a beautiful woman. He had to run. It's not stand there. I'm a Christian. Nothing will happen to me. No, run. 
Run! Get out that situation. Yeah, people to talk about you. Yeah, people might call you punk or whatever. But I'm honoring my God. Gotta run. Hallelujah. Glory to God. How do you deal with sexual sin? Run! Just like Joseph did. Amen? Hallelujah. And we're talking about sex outside of marriage. We're talking about adultery. We're talking about those things. Sexual sin. We're not talking about marriage. Marriage run to one another. <laughs> Amen? Hallelujah. Let's see what happens as a result of this. Joseph's put in prison. Let's turn to uh, Genesis 39, 20. All right. So Potiphar being a man of renown and reputation, if his wife accuses Joseph, we didn't read that, but his wife accused Joseph of coming after her. So Potiphar, even though he knew what Joseph, how Joseph was, he had to keep his reputation. So Joseph had to be placed in prison. All right. So we read here from verse 20. So, so he put Joseph in prison. It was a place where the king's prisoners were kept. While Joseph was there in, in the prison, the Lord was with him. Now he's in prison and the Lord was with him? David said, if I make my bed in hell, the Lord is with me. Joseph went from a favored son, 17 years old, with a beautiful coat of many colors that represented that he had the birthright of his father and that uh, he had a priestly uh, and, and, and uh, royal kind of um, uh, renown placed on his life. Now he's in prison. Yet the scripture says the Lord was with him. Saints, there are times when you're in difficult places in life. And, and as much as I don't want to say it, there are times of suffering even as a Christian. Why? Because we live in a fallen world. Sometimes you're going to suffer as a Christian. Let me say that one more time. Sometimes you are going to suffer as a Christian, but the scripture says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord shall deliver us from them all. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I wish there was no suffering, but we live in a fallen world. I'm wearing a mask today as I preach to you. We live in a fallen world. This is not heaven. All right. In a certain light, it's not the new earth either. All right. Here we go. So while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. He was kind to him. So the man running the prison was pleased with Joseph. So it, th there's a pattern here that everywhere Joseph went, he found favor with his human leaders. And in this case, it was the man running the prison. All right, let's jump down to verse 22. So this man in the prison, he put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners. So same pattern. So it happened in Potiphar's house. Now it's happening in the prison. He made him responsible for everything done there. The man who ran the prison didn't pay attention to anything in Joseph's care. That's because the Lord was with Joseph. He gave Joseph success in everything he did. What's the lesson we can learn here that saints, no matter what you're going through, whether it's something you, you like or you're happy about or you're in a situation where you may be suffering for a season, that the Lord is with you and can give you favor in everything you do. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Listen, I've been in work situations, amen, that were unfavorable. I think about a year from this time, a little more than a year, I, I, I was in a situation where I had to be with, in a work situation where it, I was outside 
and it was raining. I was outside in the rain for four hours. And yes, I felt like complaining. Now, mind you, a, a year ago, I was still pastor of the church, but I still work a everyday job. So I'm outside in the rain for four hours. Yes, I could have thought that the Lord was no longer with me. And yes, I did look up in the sky and say, Lord, what's going on? Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm going to finish that testimony at the end, though. Hallelujah. But I endured and Joseph endured. Amen. That's because the Lord was with him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's we're going to jump into how Joseph interprets dreams again. All right. This time we're going to jump to Genesis 40 and one. All right. So he interpreted dreams now that he's in prison as well. OK, we got to. Sorry for those of you looking online. There's a, there's, I got a lot of words on the screen, but I had to pack everything in. Amen. So I apologize in advance. All right. But here we go. Sometime later, the Egyptian king's baker and wine taster did something their master didn't like. So Pharaoh, let's understand that Joseph's in Egypt, and, that, and Pharaoh means king. Amen. Uh, he had a wine, um, a wine taster and a baker that he threw into prison. So Pharaoh became angry with, with his two officials, the chief wine taster and the chief baker. He put them in prison in the house of the captain of the palace guard. It was the same prison where Joseph was kept. The captain put Joseph in charge of those men. So Joseph took care of them. Some time passed while they were in prison. Then each of the two men had a dream. The men were the Egyptian king's baker and wine taster. They were being held in prison. Both of them had dreams the same night. I wonder who gave them the dream. We know it's God, all right? Each of their dreams had its own meaning. Joseph came to them the next morning. He saw that they were sad. They were Pharaoh's officials, and they were in prison with Joseph in his master's house. So he asked them, why do you look so sad today? And they said, we both had dreams, they answered, but no one can tell us what they mean. Then Joseph said to them, only God knows what dreams mean. Tell me your dreams. So we notice here that Joseph was put in charge of the prison and the prisoners, in this case, the wine taster and the baker of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And uncoincidentally, because there are no coincidences in, in, in with God, they're God incidences. God gives them a dream. Saints, the, 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 the pathway to success as I'm learning as a Christian is, we have to wait for God to create opportunities. A lot of time we get ahead of God and we wanna be eager and we're ambitious and you know, nothing's wrong with that per se. But sometimes that eagerness and that ambition takes us uh, ahead of God's will, ahead of God's timing. And here Joseph in prison is about to be presented with an opportunity as we will see. Amen. Saints, you've been praying for something. You've been waiting for something. You may think that God forgot about you, but God is setting you up for something that is great. But you got to wait for his opportunity. Amen. You got to wait on God because a lot of our mistakes as Christians is when we get ahead of God. If he didn't say anything, don't move. Stay where you are. Let's jump down to verse 14 of uh, chapter 40 of Genesis. 
It reads, but when everything is going well with you, remember me. So this is Joseph. He interpreted the, the baker and the wine taster's dreams. God gave him the ability to do that. So God gets all the glory here. And he's saying after he interpreted their dreams, he says, when everything is going well with you, remember me. Do me a favor. Speak to Pharaoh about me. Get me out of this prison. So Joseph wanted to get out and he was trying to, you know, he was trying to go about means uh, that weren't in God's timing. He said, I was taken away from the land of the Hebrews by force. Even here, I haven't done anything to be put in prison for. All right. Let's jump down to verse 22. So this is eventually the chief baker is freed from prison. All right. Let's see what happens here. It says, but Pharaoh had a pole struck through the chief baker's body. All right. Then he had a pole set up. Everything happened just as Joseph had told them when he explained their dreams. So Joseph had told them that the baker was going to die. All right. But the chief wine taster didn't remember Joseph. So the chief wine taster did not die as Joseph had predicted. We didn't read that, but just for sake of time, I skipped ahead. In fact, he forgot all about him. So Joseph had asked the, uh, the, the uh, chief wine taster and the baker to remember him. The baker was killed by Pharaoh. But the chief wine taster was restored to his position as Joseph had interpreted his dream. All right. But the chief wine taster forgot all about Joseph. All right. Hallelujah. We're going to look next at how Joseph is elevated to second command in Egypt. We're going to turn to Genesis 41, starting at verse 1. Hallelujah. We're getting life lessons from the story of Joseph and God is having me to relate those to us as modern day Christians. Thank you for hanging in there with me. Hallelujah. We're getting there. Hallelujah. We're building up to a crescendo here. Hallelujah. All right. Genesis 41 verse one reads when two full years had passed. Let's stop there. So after Joseph had interpreted the dreams of the, the, the baker and the chief wine taster, two years had passed so he was left in prison for two years two years could make you go crazy could make you think that God forgot about you two full years all right let's read on then let's see what happened Pharaoh had a dream so here God steps in again and gives Pharaoh a dream and in his dream he was standing by the Nile River seven cows came up out of the river they looked healthy and fat they were eating some of the tall grass growing along the river. And after them, seven other cows came up out of the Nile. They looked ugly and skinny. They were standing beside the other cows on the riverbank. The ugly, skinny cows ate up the seven cows that looked healthy and fat. Then Pharaoh woke up. He fell asleep again and had a second dream. In that dream, seven heads of grain were growing on on one stem. They were all healthy and good. After them, seven other heads of grain came up. They were thin and dried up. By the east wind, the thin heads of grain swallowed up the seven healthy full heads. Then Pharaoh woke up. It had been a dream. Hallelujah. So basically, to jump ahead here, God was giving uh, Pharaoh a dream that Egypt was about to have seven years of, of great harvest and great food and seven years of famine. All right. Let me say this. Hallelujah. We've all in this country, I'm broadcasting from America, obviously here, we have had uh, wonderful times and great economy, but right now we seem to be going through a famine. 
I'm wearing a mask. Many of you may be wearing masks at work or whatever you do. There's a pandemic going on. Got to keep our hope in God. There are difficult times in this fallen world. But we got to keep our focus on God. But here God was warning Pharaoh, who was the king of the most powerful nation in the world at the time, that a famine that would be seven good years of harvest and seven years of famine. All right. Let's jump down to verse nine. All right. Says the chief wine taster spoke up. He said to Pharaoh, now I remember that I've done something wrong. Pharaoh was once angry with his servant. He put me and the chief baker in prison. We were in the house of the captain of the palace guard. Each of us had a dream the same night. Each dream had his own meaning. A young Hebrew servant was there with us. He was a servant of the captain of the guard. He told him our dream. We told him our dream and he explained them to us. He told each of us the meaning of our dreams. Things turned out exactly as he said they would. And I was given back my job. The other man had a pole struck through his body. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph. He was quickly brought out of the prison. Joseph shaved and changed his clothes. We got to dress the part sometimes. When you come, J Joseph had to shave and change his clothes. I could imagine being in the prison. He didn't smell too well and needed to shave. All right. Hallelujah. Then he came to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream. No one could tell me what it means, but I've heard that when you hear a dream, you can explain it. I can't do it, Joseph replied to Pharaoh, but God will give Pharaoh the answer he wants. Joseph took no honor or took no credit. He said, it's God that is the one that is the interpreter of dreams. Hallelujah. Listen, hallelujah. We got to always give God the glory. Hallelujah. No matter what we do. I don't deserve to be pastor of this church. Amen. I give God the glory. Amen. I did not live a perfect life. Amen. Hallelujah. I didn't even do things right as a Christian. Amen. Hallelujah. But God promoted me after the counsel of his own will, granted favor upon me. Amen. God can grant favor upon you, but always give him the glory as Joseph did. Amen. Hallelujah. For your gifts and your talents, give God the glory as your source. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Men, we have the gift of God, many of us. Amen. Give God the glory that you're able to talk well and be persuasive. Don't use, use it for good. Don't use it for evil. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's jump to verse 37. And this will be our final passage of scripture. Amen. Thank you for hanging with me. We're getting somewhere. Hallelujah. So Joseph gives, he interprets Pharaoh's dream and then gives him a plan of how he should deal with the upcoming good years of harvest and the seven years of famine. All right. So it reads, the, uh, verse uh, 37 reads, the plan seemed good to Pharaoh and all his officials. So, so, so Pharaoh said to them, the spirit of God is in this man. Now understand that the Egyptians worshipped many gods. They were pagans, which means you worship many gods. You don't believe there's one God. You believe there's many gods. So based on God using Joseph to interpret Pharaoh's dream, Pharaoh, who is a Gentile, a non-Hebrew, says to him, the spirit of God is in this man. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He, said, he says, we can't find anyone else like him, can we? 
The Pharaoh said to Joseph, God has made all this known to you. So Joseph, once again, is not taking credit for it. He's giving the honor to God. He said, no one else is, no one is wise and understanding as you are. You will be in charge of my palace. So Pharaoh makes Joseph in charge of his palace. Let's, let's, let's get the understanding here. That'd be like the president making one of you in charge of the nation. This was the most powerful nation of the world at the time, Egypt. And Pharaoh is taking someone who was a prisoner and making him in charge of the nation. My God. He said, all my people must obey your orders. Oh, my God. I will be greater than you only because I'm the one who sits on the throne. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I'm putting you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh, so Joseph becomes in charge of the most powerful nation in the world. Only God can do that. God gave him the opportunity. He opened the door. We don't have to open our own doors. We just have to look for the open door that God creates. It may take longer than you want. Hallelujah. And then all you have to do as a Christian is walk through. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I know we want things. I know we're impatient. Amen. I, I, I know you've been working hard for years. Amen. But we got to wait when God opens the door and then give him glory for opening the door. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This just popped in my mind just real quick. Remember in the Bible, amen, when uh, King David, amen, uh, started uh, counting how many soldiers he went, he had in his army. Amen. Hallelujah. And then God presented him with choices of how he would be punished for doing that. Now, many be like, why would God do that? He was just counting his army. David started to lean on how many men he had in his army for Israel's success as opposed to leaning on God. So he was leaning on the arm of flesh instead of on God. Amen. And we do that a lot of times when we pat ourselves on the back and give ourselves glory instead of giving it to God. Hallelujah. We were saying, really, God, we don't need you. And Joseph didn't do that. All right. All right. Let me hurry up because I've been with you too long. Amen. I've been holding on to you too long. All right. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I'm putting you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took from his finger the ring. Now this ring represents uh, that he could transact all the business for Pharaoh. All right. He used to give to his official. He, he used this ring to give his official stamp. He put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes made out of fine linen. So his father had put a robe on him. And now, hallelujah, the king of uh, king of Egypt was putting a robe on him. And this robe was symbolic of Egyptian priesthood, just like the robe of many colors was from jo Joseph's father. He put a gold chain. This was symbolic of dignity, honor, worn by the Egyptian rulers of high rank. So here Pharaoh saying, you're an Egyptian ruler of high rank. Around Joseph's neck, he also had him ride in the chariot. I mean, around Joseph's neck. He also had him ride in the chariot. Joseph was, ne was now next in command after Pharaoh. People went in front of Joseph and shouted, and shouted, get down on your knees. This was an act of prostration before royalty. So he was considered royalty. People would get down and kneel in front of him. All right. Uh, be subservient to him. Hallelujah. This is a man that was just in prison. Now people were bowing to him. 
By doing all these things, Pharaoh put Joseph in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, but unless you give an order, no one will do anything in the whole land of Egypt. Oh, my God. How do you go from prison to ruling the whole land of Egypt? And no one could do anything unless you say something. Pharaoh gave Joseph the name Zaphonef Paneah. And this name means God speaks and he lives. Abundance of life and savior of the world. We're headed somewhere. We're headed somewhere. Here, Pharaoh, the most powerful man in the world at that time, calls Joseph. Hallelujah. He said, gives him a name that means God speaks and lives. He gives him the name that means abundance of life or eternal life. Oh, my God. He gives him the name that means savior of the world. Ha. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. He gave Joseph a wife as well. She was a Sephneth. I know I messed that up. Hallelujah. But her name means gift of the sun god. Remember the uh, Egyptians worshipped many gods. All right. Hallelujah. And uh, so in other words, she was a gift to Joseph. All right. Hallelujah. Joseph married into one of the most influential and noble families in Egypt. So he went from being a slave to marrying a woman, a part of one of the most renowned families in all of Egypt, which was the most powerful nation in the world at that time my god the daughter of potiphera potiphera was the priest of on joseph traveled all over the land of egypt joseph was 30 years old when he began serving pharaoh the king of egypt he left pharaoh's palace and traveled all over egypt so this joseph started at 17 years old and for the next 13 years excuse my language, went through hell. But by 30, he was second in command of the entire most powerful nation in the world. By the way, the number 30 in the Bible means maturity. Maturity. My God. Hallelujah. As I close with this last section, we're going to look at how Joseph's life foreshadowed that of our Lord Jesus Christ. Joseph's life foreshadowed that of our Lord Jesus Christ. He was a type, biblical scholars would say. Let's look at a few points. Point number one, Joseph was his father's favorite son. Jesus was God's only begotten son, begotten in a special way. We are the children of God, but Jesus is the son of God. This complex unity Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. That complex unity. Amen. Jesus was always God the Son. All right. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And Father God, he acknowledges is greater than him. They are all one being. God is a complex being. He is three in one. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus was always favored of his Father. This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased, he said at the River Jordan. Hallelujah favorite son hallelujah joseph was betrayed by his brothers jesus was betrayed by his people and sent to be crucified hallelujah glory to god point number three after being persecuted was elevated to a place of honor so after jesus was crucified he was placed in a place of honor amen all he said all power is given unto me in matthew 28 19 hallelujah 
Glory. Yet he still honored his father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Joseph was married to a Gentile wife. Jesus, we are the bride of Christ. We are the Gentiles. We are the bride of Christ as the church. Amen. The church is made up of mostly Gentiles or non-Jews. There are Jews that are part of the church, but mostly the church is made up of Gentiles. Amen. And our final point, amen, he saved his family from destruction and Jesus saved the world, those who accept him as Lord and Savior, from eternal destruction in hell. All right? My God. My God. So the story of Joseph is the gospel story. His whole life was used as an example to point forward to Jesus. All he went through, amen, although it ultimately gave benefits to his life and all those that were in his family and to Egypt, amen, hallelujah, it was a blessing to all of us here in 2020, amen. God used his life as, a, as the gospel story that would point to what his son would do one day during his earthly ministry. Somebody say hallelujah. So listen, I want to encourage you that we're going to go through things in life because this is a fallen world. This isn't heaven. It doesn't make God not good. It just means that man chose to live independent of God. And these are the results. A world that is in turmoil. A world where I have to wear a mask as I talk to you. Amen. Hallelujah. Yet God is still good. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Those opportunities are there in front of you that God will present. I want to encourage you to stay patient with the Lord. Amen. Give me the, give me the camera. Amen. With uh, my face. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Listen, you don't know this, Jesus. And you've been bumping your head trying to get promotions and raises. And you've been working hard. And you've been working 40-hour weeks, 50-hour weeks, 60-hour weeks, some even 80-hour weeks. And you just want to be a success. Amen. Or you have been... Some people believe you've been born into the wrong family or you had turmoil in your family. Whatever the difficulty is, I want to offer you an invitation into the family of God where you can enjoy the same favor that Joseph did. No, I'm not saying that you're going to be second in command to the whole world, but God will put you in a favorable position in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You want to know your God. You want to know your creator. You want to know your savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The pathway to God is through his son. Jesus Christ. And the story of Joseph was just speaking of the gospel message. If that's you, please say these words with me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Please forgive me of all sins, transgressions, and iniquities, and general imperfections. I believe that you died for my sins, my imperfections. I believe you rose from the dead on the third day as the evidence that Father God accepted your payment for my sins, for my imperfections. And that they are paid for in full. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. Now say amen. Friends, if you said that prayer and you said it sincerely, you are saved. One day going to heaven. Have the opportunity to be blessed by God and favored just like Joseph was. Just like Jesus was. Amen. And be placed in a favorable position in life. Doesn't mean there's no suffering. But you have an advocate with the Father. His name is Jesus Christ. You have someone to go to. Amen. In prayer. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And you can use his name. Say in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So I just want to welcome you to the family of God. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you to find a church home that they preach about Jesus. And I want to encourage you also to start reading the Bible. Start reading 
Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and learn about this Jesus whose Joseph's life was foreshadowing. Amen. Hallelujah. He is king of the whole wide world. Amen. Thank you for joining us at I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. We hope the message blessed you and unveiled the love of Christ to you in a greater way. God bless.